Welcome to Bethany Presbyterian Church. I'm Pat Warner, a longtime member of this congregation. We are in challenging and different times, but I'm so glad that you are here worshiping with us today. So whether you're in your PJs or your sweats or all dressed up just because it's Sunday morning, we are delighted that you are with us today. No matter where you are, who you are, whether you are uh, what, whatever your gender identity, your sexual orientation, your race, whether you are a longtime believer, a seeker, or a doubter, you are welcome at Bethany today and always. Normally, we greet one another by uh, passing the peace or uh, turning to our neighbor. So right now, take a minute and do that in the comments. Say hello, good morning, peace be with you. Tell us where you are and who you're with. So let's take that time right now to say hello. Good morning, Hi. hello, peace be with you. If you hear nothing else today, this is the most important thing. You are a child of God, holy and beloved. Nothing, nothing can take this away from you. When we say that, we are also saying that each and every person also is a child of God. Our task is to honor the image of God in ourselves and in each other. Let us say together, I am a child of God, holy and beloved. I am a child of God, holy and beloved. Say, I am a child of God. I am a child of God. Holy and beloved. Holy and beloved. I am a child of God, holy and beloved. I am a child of God, holy and beloved. I am a child of God, holy and beloved. This morning, we are celebrating the beginning of our stewardship campaign. We all received a letter this week outlining the theme, Faith in Our Future, with a beautiful sunrise logo specifying a new day dawning. What a time to have a stewardship campaign in the middle of a pandemic with our pastor recently gone. Probably many of you are thinking, what next? What is going to happen next? Well, we on the stewardship campaign are thinking, let's look hopefully to the future. Now is the time to be getting ready for whatever is in store for Bethany's future. And we can help shape that future with our time, talent, and money. Although our focus is on the future, today I'm going to take a little walk into the past of Bethany and tell you how the congregation first got started and all the uh, different struggles that they have had during the years and they always looked ahead with faith and hope in God. Bethany began as a mission project of First Presbyterian Church. They were concerned about all the children that lived out in the north end of Tacoma and this was in 1891 and there was no trolley nor any type of uh, 
streetcar that came from the downtown core of Tacoma way out to the north end. And they were concerned about the children that lived out here not getting a Sunday school education. So they met with some of the parents and began a Sunday school called Tracy Sunday School in a house on the corner of 41st and Stevens, right across from the Bethany Garden that house now stands. And it was called Tracy Sunday School after the wife of one of the then pastors at First Presbyterian. Well, then the parents got together and they wanted to have a place to have Bible study and prayer meetings. And the house just wasn't large enough, nor did they, they have the time to meet there. So they found out that there was two lots that were for rent on the corner of 41st and Bird. And they rented those two lots, and that's where Bethany now stands. And after a while, they also wanted to build a structure so they could meet there. So they did. They built a very crude structure and met there for 14 months and then realized that because winter was, was coming and it was so cold, they had to plaster and uh, finish the wood and paint the building, which they uh, donated enough money to do that and finally got the money to buy the property. So they had the building and they had the property, but they really wanted to be a church, call a pastor, have worship. So they uh, petitioned to the Olympic Presbytery to organize into a church, and they did in 1904. And it was called Bethany Presbyterian because one of the elders reminded the congregation that Bethany was a place where Jesus loved to be. They had many hard times, it says, in, their, uh, in the writings that we have from 1904. They struggled, but they continued to, uh, but they continued, they didn't give up. And the charter members of Bethany in 1904, there were 40 charter members who promised uh, to give their uh, donations, their money, and uh, uh, begin having a church. The original building stood for uh, 20 years until 1923. And remember, this was an all-wood structure. And uh, it burned completely to the ground uh, at that time. And this would have been a good time for the church to give up, but they didn't. Within two weeks, they had pledges of $6,800 to rebuild. And can you imagine how much money that was in 1923? $6,800. And within a year, they had the church built. And uh, at a cost of $36,000. And that's the building that Bethany now worships in. And the outside of the building is very much the same as it was in 1924 when it was completed. If you look at pictures then and now, you will see about the only thing that's different is there's a cross on the top and there's lands, different landscaping now. Otherwise, it looks the same. It looks the same. So uh, imagine what those, what, what those people uh, plan for the future, a structure that would stay all these years. 
There have been many pastors at Bethany since those years, each with their own talents and mission projects. The inside of Bethany has been redone and redecorated many times, always with a view to the future and making it more attractive and comfortable. The last time was just a few years ago when we added an elevator uh, from the basement to the third floor, a restroom on the third floor, and doors that automatically open both on the alley and on the Bird Street entrance. These have been changes that have been made looking to the future so that it would be more accessible and welcoming. One of Bethany's more difficult times was in the 60s when they had a young and very popular pastor who was diagnosed with cancer and the congregation uh, prayed for his healing and had healing services, but um, the cancer was just too aggressive and he did not survive, leaving uh, a wife and two young children. The congregation was grief-stricken and devastated, but once again, they did not give up. They knew that they still had ministry and mission to do, and they called a new pastor when my husband and I came uh, in 1969, the church was growing and thriving. Imagine the faith in the future those people had in the 60s to keep going. Bethany has always been a church involved in ministry to the people in this church and mission beyond our doors. It is a church of strong faith going about God's work in the best and worst of times. We now feel challenged, but there is a future and we have an opportunity to be a part of that future. And as we think about our pledge, remember those saints that have gone before us, those people from 1904, 116 years ago. You think they were thinking about those of us in 2020? I don't think so. But their vision for the future, their faith in the future, is what the foundation of our church is built on. So let us join with those saints and look into our future 116 years from now. In uh, the year uh, 2136, will the people of Bethany be saying, look at the faith that those people in 2020, when they were going through the pandemic, had. They continue to have faith in God and faith in the future. And here we are still answering God's call to ministry. May it be so.
Bethany. Happy Sunday. So kids, I wonder, have you ever had a time you've been jealous of somebody else? I know I've been jealous. Um, if you are on the computer with your mom and dad, you could write a little comment about a time you were jealous. I know I was jealous one time when my friends got new clothes and my mom would take me to Goodwill or Value Village to buy clothes. And I was so jealous that they got new clothes. But now that I'm older, I'm kind of thankful she did that because it taught me the value of reusing stuff. But at the time, I was super jealous. And we have a little uh, verse here from the Bible, and it's from the book of uh, Philippians. And it's Philippians is a book about Paul writing letters to a church. And in this letter, he is saying that uh, I know the experience of being in need and of having more than enough. I have learned the secret to being content in any and every circumstance, whether full or hungry, whether having plenty or being poor. I can endure all these things through the power of the one who gives me strength. So Paul's basically saying, even when I'm hungry or even when I have lots of food, I'm still content because God's with me, which I've always felt was a little bit braggy because, I mean, come on, Paul, you can't be content all the time. I know I'm not content all the time. Are you happy all the time, Lucy? No, me either. But I do like that Paul reminds us that God's with us and God can give us strength even through the hard times. And... To go along with that, I've got this little poem from this book called A Kick in, a, in the Head. And it is a poem about a cow who's not so happy about her lot in life either. And the poem's written by Alice Shirtle, and it's called The Cow's Complaint. How unkind to keep me here when over there the grass is greener. Tender blades so far, so near. How unkind to keep me here. Through this fence they make me peer. As sweeter stems, what could be meaner? How unkind to keep me here when over there the grass is greener. Read that again. <laughs> you like that poem? What do you think the poem means, Lucy? I think it means that the, the cow wants to eat the greener grass. You think it means a cow? I think maybe you're right. What do you think the cow wants? Why do you think the cow is not happy in her lot? Do you think her the grass in her pen is any worse than the grass over there? I think that. Do you think so? Mm hmm. Hmm. I wonder. So I want to remind you all that it's okay to be jealous. That's a normal feeling. And that you can pray to God and be like, hey, God, I'm not feeling so great about this. My friend just got a new bike and I don't even have a bike and it just doesn't seem fair. And that's okay. And you can remember Paul and try to be content. And you can think about the cow. <laughs> and remember that sometimes the stuff that you have is pretty good too. And try to be grateful for what you have. But being jealous is okay sometimes too. So will you all pray with me? Dear God, help us not to be jealous. Be with us when we're feeling jealous. 
and uh, help us to remember what we have and to be grateful. Amen. Well, I can't wait to see you all next week. Happy Sunday. Wait, wait. Bye. <laughs> the scripture lesson this morning comes from the prophet Jeremiah, the 29th chapter, verses 1 and 4 through 11. Listen now for the word of God as it comes to you. These are the words of the letter that the prophet Jeremiah sent from Jerusalem to the remaining elders among the exiles, and to the priests, the prophets, and all the people whom Nebuchadnezzar had taken into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles whom I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and live in them. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Take wives and have sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage, that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there and do not decrease. But seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile, and pray to the Lord on its behalf, for its wealth, in its welfare you will find your welfare. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, do not let the prophets and the diviners who are among you deceive you, and do not listen to the dreams that they dream. For it is a lie that they are prophesying to you in my name. I did not send them, says the Lord. For thus says the Lord, When Babylon's seventy years are completed, will I visit you, and I will fulfill to you my promise and bring you back to this place. For surely I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for your welfare and not for harm, to give you a future with hope. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Hello, I'm Jenny Rake Morona, and it's my honor to be joining the community at Bethany Presbyterian Church during these first weeks of transition as you've said goodbye to Pastor Sarah and you now begin a new season in your life together as a community of faith. If you're new to us this morning and would like to know more about the Bethany community, please feel free to call the church or to check us out online. Welcome. We would love to get to know you. As I sat down to write this sermon, I realized that this is the third week in a row that I'm bringing the poet Mary Oliver to worship. I want you to know that I did not plan a Mary Oliver-themed sermon series when I said yes to the session's invitation to be your bridge pastor. It just seems to be happening. The truth is, Mary Oliver is something of a mystic. She sees the gifts, the sacred, in the ordinary created world. You know how it is when you are in the dark and at first you can't see anything, but if you give your eyes some time to adjust, gradually 
you begin to see the shapes of things and what is around you. That's what I mean about the mystic's capacity to see divinity hidden in the ordinary. I believe many of us are mystics. Perhaps all of us can become mystics. We know that Mary Oliver is a mystic because she dedicated herself to telling us about the amazing things she saw during her remarkable life. The poem I'm going to share with you today is called The Uses of Sorrow, and it's just two sentences, so listen up. Someone I loved once gave me a box full of darkness. It took me years to understand that this, too, was a gift. Breathe that in for just a bit. I would venture a guess that many of us, for many of us, the notion that darkness might contain or even be a gift could be a rather new idea. We might even resist the thought. Most of us like to move from light to light, from one happy moment to the next. We like to be entertained when we watch television or, and our spirits rise and fall with our favorite sports teams. A chat or a laugh with a friend, even during this quarantine time when we're apart, is only a text or a phone call or a Facebook post away. I don't know about you, but even though I've spent most of my professional life in the company of people who are facing major losses, I find it very difficult just to sit with my own sadness, with my own darkness. I much prefer a box of chocolates and a glass of wine to a box full of darkness. Can you think of a time when you experienced a kind of darkness in your own life? Maybe you lost a job or experienced a major illness. Maybe someone you loved was the one who was ill or ended an important relationship. We've all faced some kind of darkness in our life. The question for us today is, what did we discover in that darkness? Has anyone ever given you a reason to expect that there might be gifts there? And can you imagine sticking with the darkness long enough to find the gifts and take them in and make them a part of your life, the life that you live from day to day? I've shared with you now that my dear husband, Mark, died just, just over a year ago now. And in the earliest months after he died, I was having a terrible time sleeping. For a while, I even dreaded just going to bed because I knew that just a few hours later I would be awake and met with that terrible, those terrible dark hours of grief in the middle of the night. And there would be nothing then to distract me. After several weeks of this, hoping to find an escape from the pain, I shared my experience with a friend and mentor whose name is Richard. Richard is a spiritual director and a teacher that I've known for many, many years. 
and his own wife, Mary, died about a dozen years ago or so now. As I spoke, I could see Richard's eyes filling with tears. He knew exactly what I was talking about. I hoped that he would tell me how he learned to sleep through the whole night without being awakened by the pain of grief. Instead, he told me a story about a night when, when he, in a fit of uh, deep sadness and exhaustion, called his own spiritual director, who just happened to live in Scotland, so he could call her in the middle of the night, in the middle of his night. She told him then about something called the Anamkara Vigil. Anamkara means soul friend. In the Celtic Christian tradition, an Anamkara could be a spiritual director or a mentor like Richard, or a trusted friend. We may also have Anamkara who have passed from this life, but whose love is still very much alive and abides with us even after death. They are among the Holy Spirit's many ways of being present to us now. Well, according to Richard, his spiritual director's instructions during his dark night went like this. Light a candle and then sit in the darkness. Trust that you are not alone, but that your Anamkara is there with you. And just sit there in that darkness and in that presence. She didn't tell him that this would cure his insomnia, and he didn't tell me that this practice would ease the grief of my dark nights. What Richard and his spiritual director were saying was, stay with the darkness. There is something there for you. Don't be afraid of it, and don't try to ignore it. Just stay in the darkness and trust that you're not alone. Love, God's love, is with you. Well, I wondered how getting out of bed and sitting in the dark could actually be a comfort. But I decided to trust him, and I'm here to tell you that it was. Night after night, I sat for a while in the darkness with only the light of one small candle. And then each night, I went back to bed, and many times, I slept until morning. It was one of the most remarkable gifts I have ever received. Instead of struggling against it, I relaxed into the darkness in the awareness that the spirit of, the, of divine love was sharing the darkness with me, and I could rest. One night, after I went back to bed, I had a dream that I was visiting with an old seminary friend whose family had been very kind to me while I was living far away from home. In this dream, my friend's father came to me and insisted that I move in with them. He said, this idea that you have about getting a PhD, that's very important that you follow through with it, and we want to help you do it. If you move in here, all you have to do is study. We'll take care of the rest. As he was talking, my friend was doing a little happy dance all around me, and Mark 
was standing behind me, off my right shoulder, smiling. I woke up laughing. Now, I don't have any plans to get a PhD, so I'm pretty sure this was not a message from God about selling all my possessions and moving on to Harvard. But I also knew in that moment that I should pay attention to this dream. After all, I'd been awake with my tears, and then I woke up laughing. As I got ready for the day, the feeling of the laughter and the dream and of my friend dancing and her father welcoming me into their home stayed with me. And the idea that they wanted to be with me as I started my new life stayed with me. Gradually, as I went through that day, I began to hear the words, for I know the plans I have for you to give you a future with hope. I knew those words were from the prophet Jeremiah, and on that day, I knew they were for me. When Jeremiah first offered these beautiful words of comfort, they were meant for the Israelites who were, at the time, exiled and enslaved in Babylon. Speaking for God, Jeremiah's message is a little bit like Richard's message to me. Yes, this is hard. You are suffering. And your suffering will continue, maybe even for a long time. Here's what you must do. Live. Live in the midst of your suffering. Live and thrive and grow. Pray. Pray for the city that you are now living in and seek their good. For your, their home is your home now. These are your neighbors. Their welfare is your welfare. Be fully present and awake and aware in this time of your life and dare to discover the gifts in it. Now, Jeremiah never uses the words, be happy. But what I imagine is that he meant prosper. Let your lives be whole, generous, and healthy. Our text ends with the words that came to me after I had my dream. For I know the plans I have for you, to give you a future with hope. It's as if God is reminding the Israelites and us, it doesn't matter where you live. You belong to me. I am your home. You can rest now, even in your longing. You can rest in me even while you are grieving. And you can live now full lives because I am your future and your hope. Today is World Communion Sunday, the day we join with Christians around the world to remember and be nourished by the meal that Jesus shared with his disciples in the darkest moment of his life revealing the love that sits with each of us in our darkness and then calls us back out into the light of life. Today we will also collect the peace offering, remembering that this love is our home, calls us not only to serve those who sit in their own darkness, but to join them there. 
to know that our suffering binds us to one another, that we are sisters and brothers. Perhaps one of the gifts in the box of darkness is a heart so opened by the suffering that we have experienced that it has room to love everyone, even strangers far away, even neighbors, perhaps, that we didn't choose, and to love them in ways that create a future and a hope for all of us. As you come to the table today, I would encourage you to come aware of your own darkness, but also of the ways you are connected to others who suffer, and to know that Christ meets us all in that place, offering us the food of God's presence, sustenance for the road ahead. In the next days and weeks, I would encourage you to sit from time to time with whatever darkness you find yourself in now. Like I learned to welcome my Anamkara, welcome the presence of God's love. Sit in the knowledge that you are not alone, trusting that the eyes of your heart will adjust to your own particular darkness and that you will find their gifts, gifts for your own life, gifts to share with the world, gifts that will help all of us live and thrive and grow and maybe even dance a little on our way into our future with hope. So may it.
We're so pleased that you've been able to join us for worship today, whether it be at the exact hour that we do it on Sunday or at some other time you've chosen to visit online. We'd love to be in touch with those of you who are new to Bethany. It'd be great if you just left us a note on Facebook or email Katie at the rather extended email address BethanyPresTacoma at gmail.com. I'd also like to take a moment to address our friends and our members here at Bethany. We're so grateful for your financial support and all the ways that you give to Bethany. You'll note on the screen, of course, how you may send your support that makes possible the ongoing ministry of this community. Please remember to send your support as well for the Peace and Global Witness Offering. Although we're dedicating it today, we'll continue to receive contributions for that most important work this entire month. Please pray with me. Almighty God, we bring before you our gifts to support your work in the world today. On this Sunday of Worldwide Communion, where we we gather with so many other Christians around the world. And at this time as well, when we collect our special offering for peace and global witness, we are so acutely aware of your deepest wishes for us to be truly your people doing your ministry. Bless not only our gifts today, but bless us, encourage us to be the living body of Christ for others. May we faithfully journey with you down the kingdom road. Amen. During our song of prayer, please use this time for quiet meditation or to simply pray quietly in your own space. Or should you desire, share your prayers with us by posting them on the screen.
Good and loving God, we pray for all of your creation, that we might be better stewards of the gift of life. We pray for all those who have little access to water or food, for those who have little or no shelter, for those without adequate access to medical services, for all who are lonely or in despair. In this difficult political season, we continue to pray for civil dialogue amongst our candidates and those of us as well who make up the voting public. Help us to hear your voice and to see your reality in others. And we pray for this community we call Bethany. We're grateful for Pastor Ray Corona being with us over the next couple of months. Give her strength and wisdom as she serves Bethany. And we pray for our lay leaders in this congregation. Grant them courage and wisdom as they lead us into our future together. Finally, loving God, we turn to you with the prayer you gifted us with. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, for the kingdom and the power and the glory are yours forever. Amen. This is the Lord's table to which we're all invited. We realize that you can't necessarily be with us physically, so we invite you to be present as it is meaningful for you. It's not a Presbyterian table or a Bethany table or my table, it's Christ's table. So come, not because you understand, but because you want to know God more. Come, not because you love God a lot, but because you love God a little and want to love more. Come, not because your faith is unshakable, but because you could use some strength for the journey. Come, not because you're already perfect and worthy, but because it is Christ himself who invites you to share the feast. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. It is truly right and our greatest joy to give thanks and praise, O Lord our God, creator and ruler of the universe. In your wisdom you made all things and sustained them by your power. You formed us in your image, setting us here in this world to love and serve you and to live in peace with your whole creation. When we rebelled against you, refusing to trust you and obey you, you didn't reject us, but you still claimed us as your own. You sent prophets to call us back to your way. Then in the fullness of time, out of your great love for the world, you sent your only son to be one of us, to redeem us and to heal our brokenness. You are holy, O God of majesty, and blessed is Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. 
Then Jesus, born of Mary, your word became flesh and dwelt among us full of grace and truth. He lived as one of us, knowing joy and sorrow. He healed the sick. He opened blind eyes. He fed the hungry. He broke bread and with outcasts and sinners. And he proclaimed the good news of your kingdom to the poor and the needy. Dying on the cross, he gave himself for the life of the world. Rising from the grave, he won for us victory over death and is seated at your right hand to lead us to eternal life. We praise you that Christ now reigns with you in glory and will come again to make all things new. Remember the night that our Lord was betrayed. He lifted up the bread for the meal and he broke it and he said, take, eat. This is my body broken for you. Each time that you eat of it, do it, remembering me. In the same way, after supper, he picked up the cup and poured out wine. And he said, this wine is the wine of the new covenant. It is my blood shed for you. Each time you drink of it, do this, remembering me. Great is the mystery of faith. Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. Gracious God, pour out your Holy Spirit upon us and upon these your gifts of bread and wine, that they may be, the bread that we break may be the communion and the body and the blood of Christ, and may your Spirit make us one with Christ, that we may be made one with all who share this feast, uniting in the ministry of every place. As the bread is Christ's body for us, send us out to be the body of Christ in the world. Amen. Take, eat, the body of Christ broken for you. blood of Christ, the cup of salvation, shed for you. Bless the Lord, all my soul, and all that is within me, bless God's holy name. Bless the Lord, all my soul, and forget not all God's benefits. Gracious God, you have made us one with all your peoples in heaven and on earth. You have fed us with the bread of life and renewed us for your service. Help us who have shared Christ's body and received his cup to be faithful disciples. 
so that living our daily lives, we may be part of the life of your kingdom and our love be your love, reaching out into the life of the world through Christ our Lord. Amen. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, go out into the world in peace. Render nobody evil for evil. Strengthen the faint-hearted. Support the weak. Love and honor everyone, rejoicing in the power of the Holy Spirit that has been given to you. May the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all this day and forevermore. Amen.